It's no secret that Hollywood is infested with creeps. For every young, wide-eyed actress, model, musician, or dancer looking to make it big, these predators have mastered the art of luring naive talent into their sticky webs. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Today's episode, I'm telling one of the many horror stories of why I ran fast and far away from this world and got into running. I've had my run-ins with a few of the Harvey Weinsteins out there in my past of spending over a decade in front of the camera appearing on magazines, and these encounters have luckily been fewer and further between as I've grown apart from my career in the fashion industry as a model. But they've put a significant dent on my opinion of many of the men running the show in Hollywood. So let's go back almost a decade ago in early January of 2014. A top producer invited me to read for his new TV show set to air on one of the main networks. We first met when I was out with a bunch of girls, all top models doing big campaigns for dinner in the West Village. He had produced several major motion pictures and was constantly rubbing shoulders with A-list actors and celebrities. He was also the type of guy to parade around with a flock of flamingo-esque girls, aka models, whose faces you've seen on billboards from Sunset Boulevard to FDR. That night that I met him, he asked the waitress to take a photo of the table of models that were sandwiching him in which I was once squeezed right beside him. So at first, I was oblivious to this guy's slimy ways. I judged him by his IMDb prestige and the thousands of star-studded red carpet photos that he popped up on in Google searches and by all the girls who knew him and told me that he was the real deal. So one day when he emailed me a script, I was elated. The part that was being cast was for a side role on his new primetime TV show, and they were looking for a tall and gorgeous young model. I read the confidential script carefully to myself. Since we were supposedly friends, this man and I, having met only once at that dinner in the West Village, the reading would be with him off the books, meaning it wouldn't go through my agency at the time. And I, in fact, told my agency about this reading because they thought it was great. They thought it was really cool that I had made this connection, and I advised them that I would keep them updated on what was going to happen. Um, The producer then invited me to his luxury hotel room in Flatiron in New York City, where I was met by this female assistant that was working for him who was a stunning redhead, and she was actually heading out of the room as I was entering. So it was there that the producer and I sat down at the sturdy desk in his room, and the reading began. After going over the lines a few times, the producer gave me some direction, and then he told me I was ready to read for a recording, which would happen in LA at a later date. He suggested flying me out there, and I would stay with him the following week to meet some of the other people working on this project. Now, I was a bit surprised that I had done well enough to get a callback. I was also pretty guarded because I was thinking, I'm not an actress. 
I don't know how to read lines. And it was all completely out of left field that I was even there with him reading this script and having him like coach me. I didn't know what I was doing. So I asked him if he would book the recorded audition in LA through my agency. It was something that I would have felt more comfortable with. He hesitated and reasoned with me that this request was just too complicated, explaining that this was a top TV show and we didn't need a middleman. He also pushed that this was a once in a lifetime chance to be seized so quickly or to get this like audition. This brought the conversation to my dwindling modeling work and how I was just dreaming about transitioning out of the life that I had as a professional poser or go from being just, you know, another anonymous model to actually having some kind of a career where I could open my mouth and say some things. So while we were chatting about my new potential career as an actress, something that I didn't even think I really wanted, uh, he slowly traveled behind me and began rubbing my shoulders. This was in his hotel room. It went on a little too long, and then he took things a bit further, moving my bra strap out of the way as he was massaging my shoulders. And right then, I saw my own face freeze in the mirror ahead ahead of me. Never having encountered this sort of thing before, I didn't do anything. I just sat there. And then, to my relief, he disappeared to the bathroom for what seemed like 20 or 30 minutes. In that time, I became still as a statue. I looked at my phone, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to just leave or wait a little longer and say goodbye. I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I think he got the sense that I was just kind of um, not comfortable and awkward, to be perfectly honest. When he finally returned from the bathroom, he was wearing a bathrobe and he was bewildered that I was gathering up my things to leave. My intention was to just bolt out of there and process what my guts were turning inside out about, which was, what the hell is going on? Like, this is not, this is not my life. That's what I was thinking. Just as I was opening the door to leave, he put his hand on my shoulder and paused just long enough for him to deliver an unsolicited little peck on the lips. Now, at this time, I actually had a boyfriend and I remember thinking, oh my God, did did I just cheat on my boyfriend because this producer just pecked me on the lips? Maybe it was like a European thing or something, even though he wasn't European. I just, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what's, what's going on. But as I fled that hotel and rushed out into the cold winter air, my face burned and I just felt so embarrassed. Maybe this is a Hollywood thing, I thought, and people are just like that. But I felt so strange and also confused as to what this encounter actually meant. Was I going to get a job I didn't even know I wanted? Is this what being an actress is going to be like? So the producer texted me later asking for my full name to book my LA flights. And I was increasingly uncertain about this, but my modeling jobs were at a standstill standstill, and it was sub-zero temps in New York City. I didn't want to close the door on this opportunity, but I asked some of my peers what they thought about the situation. 
Confusingly, the people I consulted with completely enabled this behavior from the producer. Girls I knew who were friends with him admittedly had accepted gifts and trips from him all the time. And they told me that he was just like that. That's just how he is. They kind of just brushed it off. And I trusted this producer because he seemed safe to these other women. So I thought, I don't want to be the only one who thinks he's kind of a weirdo. But I grew increasingly isolated as my creep radar was just sounding off left and right. Even my boyfriend at the time said that I should jump on this opportunity of the producer and this, this opportunity he was dangling over my head to be in this show or to go back for the audition in LA. And this my ex-boyfriend uh, saw that I was struggling to figure out what my calling in life was. And he said that he thought he, that I'd make a great actress. But when I really weighed the pros and cons of pursuing this role, I realized something. I have no desire to act. I, I don't want to be an actress. So in the next few days... As I grappled with what to do, I made up my mind and I thought if this was a glimpse of the kind of relationship that this producer uh, was expecting of me, I wanted nothing to do with him or the role or any kind of off the books networking or whatever you want to call it. Whatever that was, I didn't really want to have anything to do with it. I decided to stay put where I was and split this studio apartment with my best friend in Harlem where I was sleeping on an air mattress on the floor. And I sucked it up through a long winter rather than jumping on into the unknown with a free trip to LA with someone whose intentions didn't seem quite right. I didn't want to have anything to do with this guy. So I ended up texting him that something had come up in New York and I was no longer available to audition And then I blocked him from my phone, Facebook, Instagram. I blocked him basically everywhere. I just thought, I don't care. I don't want to know you. You're weird. It must be really hard, though, to be a woman who feels vulnerable as she's trying to make it in Hollywood, especially if she doesn't want to close any doors for future work. But luckily for me, I had nothing to lose and could simply remove myself from any association without really thinking twice. I took this as a learning experience, almost as if I was an investigative journalist exploring in the world of an aspiring actress, because it did feel outside of myself. Like I didn't really feel like any of it made sense. And let me tell you, I was scared straight and by the whole situation and vowed to never get into that kind of situation again. What's even more frightening is how these producers can go before someone finally has the courage to speak up about what they're doing. Because I'm thinking, this guy, I can't be the only one. There must have been dozens, if not hundreds of girls who were in the exact same position that I was in, in that hotel room, reading that script with this producer. As a woman who wasn't chasing the dream of fame, there I was in a hotel room with a big name attempting to put my bra strap off my shoulder with these false promises. And if something like that could happen so easily, I can only imagine how it could escalate when there's more at stake. While my story is only scratching the surface of what else goes on behind closed doors, I'd like to think that the women who are pursuing their career goals are beginning to see these kinds of industry figures as who they really are. Or we see how things like the Me Too movement blew up and people were outed. But at the same time, I look at like how things have evolved 
And I think these guys still exist. And in fact, even though this was over a decade ago or almost a decade ago, I should say, I just watched the documentary with Brooke Shields on Hulu called Pretty Baby. And she told this story that sounded so much like mine, where she was in her 20s after she had had this modeling career. She was transitioning to try to be an actress and this producer and a bathrobe and blah, blah, blah. And I honestly wonder, I honestly wonder if this is the same person just because it sounds so eerily similar and she doesn't she doesn't out this person and I'm choosing to not out um, who I'm talking about in this episode as well for my own privacy and security issues but when I heard Brooke Shields talking about this I was like man I have a feeling it's the same person just by how strikingly similar the stories are So with that, I guess my takeaway is that these are the kinds of things, these kinds of stories, and I have a lot of them, that are the fuel that got me to find my own in this world and to get the hell out of that whole industry of depending on weird, vague things to get to the next step. With running, it's very, very straightforward where you train, you put your head down, you do the work every day, and then you show up to a race, you clock a time, and that's that. It's um, a lot more straightforward in my mind. And mainly, I used running as a time to escape all of this noise or feeling like I had to answer to strange people who were dictating my career. And while this is a story where I got away relatively unscathed other than having like a creepy situation with a random producer, I still feel weird about it. And I still think that it's kind of strange to think that that guy's out there and he's probably doing this all over the, over the place with all kinds of people. In fact, I looked at his LinkedIn just to see if he was still like working and he is. He's still producing tons of movies. And so, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. But on that note, I hope that this episode is more uplifting in that it it's trying to t- express to you guys or parlay to you guys how messed up that world is and how, for me at least, I don't aspire to have anything to do with that kind of a world. And I like doing the things that make me feel like are um, something that I'm putting hard work in and I'm seeing the return or something as straightforward as running or even writing, just writing things and then seeing my hard work pay off. That's where my heart and soul lie. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to keep, that's going to be what I keep doing um, in these next chapters as I mature and get older. But man, isn't it isn't it fun to reflect on weird times in my early 20s? <laughs> I'm just so happy that I'm so far away, so many thousands of miles away from that kind of situation where I'd ever be wondering what to do in that kind of situation. But I'm also proud of my my younger self for not uh, falling prey to some kind of weird situation and taking that flight to LA to stay in his house with him because God knows what would have happened in that situation. But that said, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show, today's story time episode. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. And until next time, Just be fast. Just win.